get it over with. All right. <laughs> uh, hello and welcome to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where a filmmaker and a comedian um, it really manifest the the right podcast that we want. Uh, where we uh, look at the films of the 80s that we think we love or might have missed with these our modern 2022 eyes to see how they hold up. And uh, this week we watched Weird Science, a movie selection from 1985. That's you know, not a bad idea. What? Making a girl. Actually making a girl. This is Wyatt and Gary. I give her one digits memory glance. Something's about to change their world. Something out of this world. She's alive! Alive! What would you little maniacs like to do first? It's all in the name of science. Weird science. You want to be a party animal? You have to learn to live in the jungle. Not us. Not here. No way. She is turning their lives. Trust me for once, will you? What is going on? Gary, I don't know. I don't know, man. Their minds. <laughs> and their house. Upside down. It's seriously affecting your sex life. <laughs> it's completely unnatural. Do you realize it's snowing in my room? Totally unbelievable. Please, no! Definitely weird. I do. They went from zeros to heroes in one fantastic weekend. I'm so good. Universal Pictures presents a John Hughes film, Weird Science. It's purely sexual. Ugh, weird Science. All right. Um, have you seen this before? I have to, yes, I'm sure I did at some point. Not that I remember the cherished moment where it occurred, but uh, but yeah, I'm sure I did. Mm. I also had been pretty sure that I've seen this movie, and then as I watched more and more of it, I realized I have not. I've only seen the pieces <laughs> that you see or that are used as clips and other things, I think. I've never seen this movie in its entirety in its totality yes uh well that voice you're hearing is filmmaker nathan blackwell uh how are you filmmaker good. nathan blackwell good evening or or morning <laughs> or mid-morning nap post nap i don't know i don't know what time it is for you <laughs> Uh, but I hope it's good. I'm Chrissy Lenz, a uh, comedian director of the Neighborhood Comedy Theater in downtown Mesa, Arizona. And we're going to talk about weird science. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So the very first thing we see in this movie is like a pan up from the like shoes of our two main characters. Wyatt. Is it Wyatt and Greg? Wally, I don't even remember. I literally just watched this. Uh, and they are nerds and they are watching the girls' gymnastic team. And yeah. Anthony, like, Michael Hall, and friends. Yes. And they're just like describing a fantasy world in which they're cool. And, uh, you know, all these nameless, faceless women worship and adore them. Uh, and then we see Robert Downey Jr. and his best friend. All of the hair in this movie is very exciting. It's possibly my favorite thing about the movie. Um, and Robert Downey Jr. and his counterpart pants them. And then we're, we're off. We have Weird Science by Oingo Boingo playing. And we know pretty <laughs> much exactly what we're in for in this movie. Mm -hmm. I was really confused funded by the fact that like we get no sense that other than like them telling us that nobody likes them we don't get a sense that they are sciencey or smart no no they're they're so i i feel like john hughes is fantastic at creating outsiders but i don't think he understands the nerd or yeah. the smart the smart kid at all he understands the awkwardness but these kids 
are not smart, I don't think this. I mean, this is interesting to kind of pair with war games. Mm-hmm. Like he, like Matthew Broderick was very nerdy and but very smart, and these kids are. It, it's sort of like their 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 magic ability to hack the web mm-hmm. um, is almost like of them playing a video game rather than it being a, a, a branch of their, like, you know, n- knowledge of math and science and nerdliness and intelligence. Like, they have the the level of, like, intelligence is just a normal kid. They don't come off as, like, honors kids at all. Right. Or even, and it was so easy to make Matthew Broderick in War Games seem like he knew what he was doing with computers just by going, oh, he's up there with his computers, and to show him do even one thing with a computer. Yeah, they don't, they, uh, until the moment that they need to use the computer, you know, they basically at that point just sit down in front of a computer and then get going. Yeah. You know, at that point, there was no other lead in terms of them being smart kids. Right. And there's no, it just is an idea that occurs to him, let's make a girl with your computer. Mm-hmm. And and they're like, all right. And they just do it. Like It's, uh, a, it's almost kind of like more like, let's make a wish to be, you know, to know, to be better at dealing with women. You know? Yeah. It's it's less of a, of a, a branch out of their skills. You know? I, this, this movie is really- It should have been a wish. Kind of, and ultimately, it doesn't really matter because this kind of magic realism is just played for fun. There's no seriousness or anything to it. It's silly. This is a silly movie. This is basically this is this movie. Weird Science is basically like a horny version of Mary Poppins. Yeah. Know? Okay, I get that, but I still just want the teeniest bit of understanding of how the magic works or why the magic works because yeah. like we see them feeding because you know it's like why does she know anything how does she know anything it's not like splash where she's like this fish out of water who's been created and knows nothing of the world she knows everything of the world because they used a scanner to put in pictures of <laughs> I, like, I, I, when they're they're when they're hacking the web, which mm-hmm. wasn't even a, a hacking and the web weren't even terms at this point. You know, like they're using the computer and oh, we need more horsepower. Let's connect to the interweb mm-hmm. and like let's access military like you know domains and things like that. I, I loved how when they were basically like taking control of like a military system that someone had to manually type in, like the military guy had to manually type in access denied. <laughs> yeah. There, that wasn't an automated moment. No, um, no. Pre-automation. Yeah. So they're like, should we give her big boobs? Should we give her a brain? So they connect it uh, to a doll because they, you need a, pla- you need a like, it's almost like a totem, you know? Yeah. And then they have bras on their head and then there's ceremony. Red- yeah. yeah. I would have liked it more if it was a seance, if it was a ghost, if it was mm-hmm. anything at all, except for they made her with a computer. But okay, it's the 80s. Um, there's a red storm cloud, and then sh- there she is, um, you know, uh, legs for days and a crop top and panties. And she's like, all right, what now? So they decide to take a shower. <laughs> like they're just immediately in the shower, like totally terrified of this woman. And uh, she's like explaining, I belong to you. I'm here to be with you. Whatever you guys want to do is like what we're going to do. I want to go out and party tonight. You guys really need to like loosen up a little bit. And and the, the funny reveal is that they're in the shower, almost fully clothed. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the, the, to, to this movie's defense is that this is not... Weird. This is not like zapped, you know, to where it's like, oh, let's use magical powers to like lift up girls' skirts, you know. Ultimately, I don't know what is zapped. Oh my god! Like Scott Bayo and and what's it? it's it's yeah, it's like a it's like a really bottom. I think I've seen the poster movies. for Zapped. Yeah, and, and I it have is as Scott well. Bayo lifting a skirt with it. Yeah, ex- exactly. And I've seen like some clips just for for whatever, like you know, mm-hmm. you know, movies of the eighties. Um, 
but it's not like a Porky's or, or whatever like that. You know, the, the, the direction that saves or, or lessens <laughs> that embedders the movie is that Kelly LeBrock is fantastic. Yeah. Like, yeah, she is fantastic. And she is like a John Hughes, Mary Poppins to where mm-hmm. she, the character exists much in this, in the same way that like you get these stories where a stranger arrives and magically transforms the town, you know, right. you know, she forces people by the nature of her existence to confront their like issues with their parents or, you know, to help them figure out what they really want in life. She basically, even though she says stuff like, you know, you created me, you can do whatever you want. The reality is, is that she is controlling them. She is controlling or kind of guiding not only her, but like uh, not only them, but other people as well in her, you know, in this kind of like this social nexus you know, of, of, uh, and transforming and changing them almost like a genie would, you know, or, a, or a magical entity, you know, yeah. I guess a genie really more, you know, it's, that's different, but yeah, but the, she's uh, effectively like a magical ghost that has appeared and is like transforming people's lives. Right. And, and you're, you're correct on one point that is the only saving grace of this movie is that <laughs> uh-huh. she has some kind of, but, but then she doesn't have any, like. And also she's incredibly like sweet too. She is. She is great. Her character is great, but like it, what she wants for them, like doesn't make any sense. Like, it, I, you know, if she was Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins mission is to help the Banks family because that's what nannies do, right? I mean, I'm confused. Well, I, I, I feel like like Mary Poppins to where it's like the reason they summon, summoned her is not ultimately the thing that she fulfills. Like right. these these magical strangers, they know what the real problem is. Which and is that though- they Robert Downey Jr.'s girlfriend. Right. <laughs> is that they need to, they don't need to um you know hook up with a hot supermodel what they really need to do is be comfortable enough or have have the confidence to talk to real girls that's absolutely know? true here's the problem there's nothing likable about these two boys <laughs> yeah. we never, well i never said there was like yeah we never get to see them like we, like i said we never get to see uh-huh. them be smart or good at computers well, uh-huh. we never get to see them be kind we never get to see them you know, do anything good. Like mostly we see them at their worst. And, you know, of course the, um, Anthony Michael Hall character is the worst of the two. Yeah. And the other guy is sort of sweeter. Yeah. Anthony Michael Hall is really great at being genuine, you know, but the problem is, is that, you know, and it's more so like in this than like in 16 candles is that, he kind of does bits and mugs for the camera, you know? Yeah, so let's jump um, right in to talk about one of those bits. Ooh, they, they go yeah. downtown. Uh, okay, so yeah. I, I, so with exception of the scene, and we cannot make exception of the scene, boy, I thought the problematic John Hughes stuff was behind us. Yeah. Nope. He, yeah. It, it's, it, it's hit or miss. Sometimes Anthony Michael Hall is charming. And he's fun and silly. And sometimes it's like, oh, groan. Yeah. But that's being a teenager. But yeah, this scene. Okay. I've set it up enough (laughs) emotionally. They go downtown. And of course, they go to like a nightclub where. Even as a kid, this was embarrassing for me. Before I understood problematic. Yeah. So they're shooting Breakfast Club at the same time as this. Uh-huh. more or less which really shocks me because breakfast yeah. club is a whole different it's weird because in some ways weird science feels much older than breakfast club agrees you know on the spectrum of like emotion and storytelling but i totally get you know it's like if you told me that john hughes you know was going to do for his next project something that was much more silly, mm-hmm. something with, like, magic realism 
and he was just kind of going to go off the chain. It's like, yeah, I am 100% down for that. <laughs> you know? Yes. But, and there is a moment of this in um, in um, The Breakfast Club where Anthony Michael Hall is, like, basically doing a black voice and playing this, like, lispy jazz Yeah, yeah. Singer. It was almost kind of like John Hughes said, I love that. Let's keep going Let's further keep with going. that. Yeah. And he just Ugh. becomes obnoxious. So, yeah, and, and, it, and it's not a short scene. It's like, not. It's a whole huge, and it keeps going into the next scene and uh, the next scene. It was uh, so, basically, the gag is, is that once he becomes drunk, he becomes an old, drunk black man. Mm-hmm. But the, but they show him hanging out with all these actual like older black men and the guy who's the the janitor in uh, Breakfast Club and they just mm. like accept him and like listen mm. to his stories and they're like then what happened and he's like well then I told the bitch that she needed to get yeah. out of here like he's yeah. just calling women a bitch left and right and sideways um, they do drop the uh, f bomb the three letter f bomb multiple times in this movie and like the worst part of the most offensive part of the whole thing i maybe not but at least one of the most offensive things is that they're all like yeah tell us more kid yeah Um, if if you could i i basically i couldn't take it anymore and i had to fast forward through the the scene it is real because as soon as it started i 100 percent remembered it from having seen it 20 30 years ago if you could pull this whole scene and section out yeah it's for the better yes so then they come home drunk they meet yeah. uh they meet chet the uh bully bully older brother troop uh that john yeah. hughes loves and look i am down for any time to sp- any opportunity to spend time with bill paxton i am down even in this that. even in he, this character he, he, he enlightens any experience Ugh. by his mere presence. I just hated the character, though, and he's like, oh, yeah, only yeah. exists to torture his little brother. Yeah. And is just a, a terrible, bad joke of a person. All right. So then we get Wyatt, uh, uh, like, having a makeout moment with Kelly LeBrock, uh, who's decided her, they decided her name is Lisa, and she's like, are you sure you're only 15? And I'm just like, oh, my God, he's 15. This is a crime we're seeing. Stop committing this crime. Uh, and but luckily she's like, "Oh, you fell asleep, and I cleaned your room." <laughs> okay, so, like I'm glad that they never had any like hookup. They never really like bang it out no. or anything like that. Because I was like, "Good," because this is upsetting. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, so then. They go to a department store without her. No, she's there. She's shopping for underwear with a very old lady. And she's like holding up these like not barely there, like laying lacy thongs and going, if you were a 15 year old boy, uh, would this turn you on? And the like the older woman's not like I should call the police. <laughs> this is not OK. And they're buying. Um, they're buying perfume. So these kids are like rich kids. Am I wrong? But like, uh, not a no, only one. Only one is Anthony Michael Hall. I don't think was. But like, they clearly set up that Wyatt's family has a maid, and is, is he though? The, the, he says at the beginning, "Don't make a mess." The maid doesn't come till Monday. Ah. Uh. So I I got the sense that he was like sort of rich and privileged. Yeah. So I, a, a lot of John Hughes. I think it just comes from his own background of just kind of upper or upper middle class, upper, upper middle class, you know, of like Illinois, Mm -hmm. Chicago, waspy Republican backgrounds and the the stuff that, and you know, the stuff that happens underneath the layer of like appearances, you know? So, you definitely get the sense, though, like in Breakfast Club, just to compare it to Breakfast Club again, that like he he can write the characters who don't have money. Right. So like there are the characters who have money and then there's you know, you really get the feeling that John Bender is like not a privileged kid and mm-hmm. you feel the yeah. difference there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's 
he's definitely capable of of telling you know a, a wide spectrum at least within the <laughs> the white experience yeah um, the very much white experience and even in pretty in pink like in pretty in pink they're poor kids like that's the whole point is that like the yeah. the but again the it's also kids uh, kids. maybe it's a little unfair to peg John Hughes specifically with that because I don't you could also label a lot of 80s filmmakers with that. Okay, know? that's true. Um, um but but you know, I never got a sense like Anthony Michael like when we saw Anthony Michael Hall's parents, like that seemed like a really small living room. I forget yeah. what the the outside of the house looked like, but it was I don't feel like Anthony Michael Hall was well off. Okay. Uh, so we meet Robert Downey Jr. and his friend uh, at the mall. They dump an icy onto the boys and their two girlfriends. This is the first time we ever like really hear from their two girlfriends are like, we should break up with them. They're mean bullies. And then they're like, <laughs> but if we do, then we'll be in a social coma and we'll never go to parties. And so they're like, you're right. Oh, well, I guess we'll be <laughs> not be mad anymore. Um, they see Kelly LeBrock and begin to stalk her. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. and his yeah. friend. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the girlfriends have their own, like, they're also kind of transformed by Kelly LeBrock as well. Right. Not, not only, not only. Not I enough. Mean, no, but I a mean, little. For like, you know, like the fourth and fifth most important characters in the movie. Yeah, I mean, my perception of them changed as they kind of went from cliches and stereotypes to kind of like becoming sweet characters, you mm -hmm. know, towards the end of the movie, who had their own like desires and wants. Did they? I, I mean, comparatively, at least in terms of like how they were presented and their performance. You know, okay. Like, like when they, what, like when they actually get into the situation to where they're wanting to hang out and meet the boys. Like you sense the uh, their vulnerability, and you sense like their own motivations, and you sense that they are kind of like the girl versions of them. Like they're very uncomfortable and nervous. I get, so yeah so that's in the bathroom scene eventually yeah. but like yeah we never ever ever get to the point where i mean them. it's like literally like 15 minutes before the end of the movie yeah, yeah and they don't know these two boys like they just decide they want these two boys instead of those two boys because there's a lot yeah this that's movie, what the movie yeah. says it, it's you know? it's it's weird but i mean there's a lot of extremely broad silliness with this movie but also like yeah also, like the John Hughes level of like suddenly cut to close ups, awkward silence, authenticity, real emotion. So it, it tacks back and forth between those, you know, like the John Hughes, what we think of John Hughes, which mm -hmm. is like the, the sensitive, emotionally honest, real moments with interesting different characters from different backgrounds. But then also the very broad, silly, just buy into its level of like comedy to where it's like red lightning and, and clouds in the sky mm -hmm. and like nuclear missiles coming up from the ground mm -hmm. and dogs walking around on the ceiling. So it goes between those two worlds, you know, uh, throughout the movie, not constantly. Yeah. It doesn't dip into the, the kind of like the bref breakfast club, you know, no, it never gets that, that real. Much. Yeah, it never gets that real. But that that it, it that is something that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Yeah. So the next scenes are the weirdest scenes in the whole movie, where she's like, uh, "We're going to Gary's house." Well, she convinces Wyatt to have a party. He doesn't mm -hmm. want to have a party, and she's like, "Well, just deal with it. You're having a party. You need to loosen up." Like that's her theme for him is like, "You need to loosen up. You need to relax. You need to chill out." Uh, you deserve a party. Uh, but then she also goes to like Gary's house and like confronts his parents in a really aggressive and like mm -hmm. odd way. She's like smoking and drinking a beer and like basically telling them all about how he, her, their son is like deserves a party because he, he masturbates instead of having sex. <laughs> and they're like horrified. Mm -hmm. And like she threatens to sh shoot them. 
Like she threatens them <laughs> with violence and then erases their memories mm-hmm. of the whole thing. So I'm like, what is this scene? It's very weird. Like in all the times where she seems like it sort of seems like she's Mary Poppinsing and knows what she's doing. In that scene, I was like, why is this necessary? What lesson are we learning here? You know, I didn't like it. Uh, then we go to the party and they're, they're pooping together. And like, you know, girls will go to the bathroom and, and pee together, but I don't, I don't poop with anyone. Uh, I poop with no one. I poop alone. Um, right. but they're pooping together. Right. That's going in the, uh, the eighties movies, uh, t-shirt, uh, store, right? Yeah. I poop alone. I poop alone and not with Anthony Michael Hall. And it's, it's like a joke. They're like, oh, you, you made a stinky poo and now the girls are here. Mm-hmm. And they do. The girls come in. There are four people in this bathroom. The girls are just looking in the mirror and talking to each other. And the boys are in the shower and we just see their mouths. I thought that was a weird filmmaker choice. What was that a parody of something? I didn't understand because they start talking really monotone and really fast. Like we like these girls. Yeah, we like these girls. We think these girls like us. Yeah, we think these girls like us. Well, oh. What will Lisa say? Oh, she'll be fine with it. Oh, yeah. Their, their style was like straight out of, uh, not the close up, but just like the style, the cadence, the speed was dragnet. Okay. And that's something like, that like people would have got the gist in of? In the 80s? Well, you know, it was only 30 years ago at that point. And okay. now it's like 60 years ago. So, which is another reason we've got to watch Dragnet with Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd. I don't know if it's on my <laughs> list. I don't know if it's on my poster. Um, <laughs> this is why the poster must not rule us. I don't know. It's a poster. Her, her list of 80s movies on a poster. On a poster. Uh, it is this. It is the Illuminati audience that controls us. Yeah. It is the secret force, and I must. I defy it. I defy it. You, I have no emotional connection to the poster. Nathan. Um. <laughs> so only then, to a point because I'm lazy. <laughs> um. Robert Downey Jr. and Baby his Downey friend. Jr. They end up talking to Lisa. And they're like, we want you to be with us. And she's like, no, I can't because I have to do whatever they say. And I thought it was really weird. Just like the verbiage, like she was like basically saying they control me. I do whatever they say. But and and again, this was a moment where she could have been like, no, they're really great. Like, I want to be with them. Like, they're great guys. They have all these good qualities. But of course, they have no good qualities. So she's like just saying, I they own me. I belong to them. And so Robert Downey Jr. and friend just figure, oh, okay, well, then we'll get those boys to give us permission to have this woman. Uh, meanwhile, Kelly LeBrock also talks to the girls and is like, I took a shower with them. Oh, you should too. I was like, no, they really shouldn't. They're 15. Uh, but I love the part with the grandparents. So we also get like, cause there just wasn't enough happening. The grandparents of Wyatt who are like, they are at a fancy restaurant and they're old and they have British accents or whatever. And they're like, you know what a 15 year old boy likes most? His grandparents. We should go visit him. And then, so Robert Downey Jr. and his friend are convincing Anthony Michael Hall and the other guy that they should trade. They should trade the girlfriends for Kelly LeBrock. Mm. And they're like, no, you know, what would be better? Let's make you your own Kelly LeBrock. Basically, they fall into the trap of let's impress the a-holes that have been bullying us. And so then we will rise above and no longer be the prey, but we'll be equals, which is their hope, but it's not the reality, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so we're cutting between all of this, all of this weirdness. Gary's parents mm-hmm. have forgotten him. Like the mother is trying to convince the dad that they have a son. Uh, they're doing all the computer stuff of making another girl. 
the grandparents are on the way over and chaos like magical weird 80s chaos happens pictures come to life like we're in harry potter the kitchen turns blue people are on the ceiling a girl gets her clothes sucked off as she tries to play piano and she gets tossed out of a chimney into a pool (laughs) (laughs) into a flooded yard oh okay Okay, uh, that was weird. That that was weird. Man, I never knew science was so weird. It's so weird. Um, and then so they expect a new Kelly LeBrock, but it's just like our Kelly LeBrock, and she's like, "Look, come on, you guys! Like, you really got to get people to like you for who you are, not what you can do for them." Like, that was a really dumb move, you guys. Again, the reason people don't like them is because. They're no fun and have no qualities. Um, but they forgot to put the doll in. And because the little electrodes were on the other side of like a picture of a missile, a missile appears in their uh-huh. house. Uh-huh. And everyone's just like, oh, that's weird. Anyway, the grandparents show up. It's funny. The grandpa, like, they're like, get out of here, you kids. I'm not going to stand for this baloney. And the grandma is like, yeah, he doesn't stand for this baloney. I loved it. I thought that was my, probably my favorite part. Um, and she, like, freezes them in time and sticks them in the closet. Things are really off the rails at this point. Yeah. She summons bikers because the boys have still not risen to the level of being anything really uh so she summons bikers uh robert downey jr and his friend are like we don't care about anything let's get out of here and but also like first of all the bikers are hilarious one of them has almost a fully metal face Mm -hmm. one of them has like a mohawk and a girl on a chain right vernon wells from um uh road warrior yes it's a very road warrior yeah no he is the the guy from road warrior yeah right no and i'm saying like that's the that's the vibe we're getting road warrior they're not like real bikers they're post-apocalyptic bikers um but like they're hiding in the closet our two heroes are hiding in the closet and they're like we should go help no, we shouldn't go help. Like, they're basically being like, no, we're going to be cowards. Um, Wyatt says, like, it's time for us to go prove our bravery and courage. And Anthony Michael Hall says, those are outdated concepts. They have no place in our current society. And I'm just like, yeah, you have, there's nothing good about these boys. But they do eventually go out and confront the bikers. The bikers, of course, because they are not real, are very well versed in high school popularity and know exactly like what all what all Wyatt and Greg have been through. And I mm-hmm. think that that is what I get the sense from the performance that like the realization that they're not real, that Lisa must have made them. It was what gives Anthony Michael Hall the confidence to confront them. Realizing that it's a test. Yeah. But the first thing he does still is go to the only girl in the biker group and call her a bitch. Yeah. That's his first act of bravery. But anyway, he's like, yeah, get out of here. And the bikers are like, okay. And they go. They each <laughs> they each mm-hmm. have a funny farewell line. Yeah, that kind of takes the, the steam out of them. Yeah, where they're just like, the girl's like, you have a lovely home. And then the second one's like, call me, we'll do lunch. And the third one's like, let's keep this between us. I don't want to lose my teaching job. And like, that's the funniest (laughs) moment in this movie. The -hmm. grandparents and the bikers are only things I want out of this movie. But then they're like, we're heroes. We did it. Everyone love us. Uh, Okay. I guess that's what happens. They get left with Hilly and Deb, right? The two girlfriends. Yeah. And they have these like sort of real moments with them. But even mm-hmm. even still, even in those moments, 
the girls are like, I guess I shouldn't ask too many questions about what happened tonight. Should I? And then the other girl's like, don't worry. I like you for who you are. You, you don't know him. You don't know who he is. <laughs> Weren't you watching the movie? <laughs> so I get that I'm supposed to feel these things that it's trying to make me feel. But I don't like these boys. Nothing in this movie has made me like them. I feel like I'm supposed to like them because I'm being told that they're nerds. But isn't that the whole problem? Like, just being a nerd doesn't mean that you're entitled to win the day in the end. Like, you have to be a nerd that somehow has some kind of redeeming quality. Uh Right? I mean, the Wyatt kids seemed sweet. But Anthony Michaels Hall character really seemed pathological and unlikable. (laughs) Okay, but we're still not done. We're still not done. No, we're not done. Chet shows up, and then and then it becomes like a a, then it kind of like you know at this point it we we're we're kind of rambling on at this point because then it's like one final obstacle. Chet. Um, Chet. And then also like the parents showing up. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like, it, it was, this was better. This is like a proto version of Ferris Bueller, you know, of like, yes, we've solved the thing, but now, oh shoot, all the loose ends and the parents coming home and my sibling and and everything kind of coming to a head and finally like sticking the landing. It's kind of the end of Ferris Bueller. Yeah, but this is—it's just a little messier and not quite as fantastic. And really, like he's like threatening them with a shotgun. Yeah, like literally putting a shotgun in her eye socket into their faces. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh huh. There's a this is this is not and and like he's being like very silly and he's like opens the cupboard and sees the frozen grandpa. Oh, hi, Nona. Hey, Grampy. And then he's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not an idiot. Wait a minute. I am an idiot. And he's still like absolutely sexually harassing Kelly LeBrock, even when he is like threatening her Mm -hmm. with a gun. He's like, I'm going to take you to jail, but first I'm going to butter your muffin. it It needed to be half as long, half as much emphasis. The problem is, is that we only got little dabs of him beforehand and now we're laying it on thick yeah and so it feels like a like a sharp left turn it sure know? does yeah so it, it needed to be less and we needed to have him a little more beforehand so it felt as weighted yeah towards the end um but he, and he really vacillates between like being on the side of right and being totally wrong he's like uh yeah. we gotta get these girls home their parents are probably worried sick and then he like calls them sluts so uh, but anyway, she turns him into Pizza the Hut, essentially. <laughs> yeah, some like farty, squishy mutant. Okay, he's like a goo man, and he's just a farty mess that eats flies. Anyway, they um have learned their lessons? Question mark. And they're like, Lisa will understand. And she's like, yeah, I know. I understand. You have real girlfriends now. That that was the whole yeah. whole that was the whole point. Uh-huh. Um, you know, she magics the house clean. The parents come home and they have this moment of like, your dad thought you would throw a party. And they're like, what? Us? No. And that's it. Bada boop. Except we get a little bit of a. A little stinger at the end where Kelly LeBrock is now the gym teacher at this right. high school. Mm-hmm. And it thrusting um, 24 young men immediately into puberty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I we completely skipped over. There's a, the one, the middle scene that we get with Chet is where he, the uh, Wyatt is wearing Kelly LeBrock's panties. And that's a big problem for Chet. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're a maniac these are how could you be wearing these underwear next thing you'll have bras on your head and there's like he should have just said that it was european underwear yeah (laughs) um yeah so that's that's weird science Mm -hmm. it's effectively paddington isn't it (laughs) like oh we've got problems we need someone to fix us 
Paddington arrives, fixes the town. Okay. Is that your deep cut recommendation? No, no. So my, <laughs> my deep cut recommendation, I've got it. It's actually pretty much Paddington, but with more killing. Okay. Well, but okay. So did you, did you like this movie? So I was thinking to myself, like, Oof. could you remake this movie? They have tried to make remake this movie. They've talked yeah, about remaking there's it. There's like a TV. Yeah. Like 10 years later, they made like a TV version of, of the show. Right. And they had talked about like the people want to reboot it. They keep trying to bring it back. They're like, well, what if, what if instead of Kelly LeBrock, it was Channing Tatum? I don't know why there's this like mm-hmm. thing where they like, everybody just wants their, they want to splash with Channing Tatum. They want a weird science with Channing Tatum. <laughs> they just uh-huh. want to gender flip something and make it Channing yeah. Tatum G- now. G- gender flip is not always the right answer because sometimes the inherent concept is is problematic yeah it still would be absolutely unokay all of these things that happen um you'd have to change so much about the story that i wouldn't even find it cheeky that it's now i mean can you imagine Channing Tatum and 15 year old girls sometimes the sometimes the gender flip is also problematic because maybe it's not okay that like a woman does this to a man versus a man doing it to a woman right the whole thing's not okay. It doesn't matter what the genders of the people <laughs> right, are. Right, exactly. That's, that's, you know, that's not but, the problem here. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I, there's other stories to tell. I, there's, the truth is, is that Weird Science and Mary Poppins and Paddington is a continuation of these types of stories, which is going to be one of my, my deep cut recommendations, which is... Sometimes you have these stories of a stranger coming to town and transforming it. You know, sometimes it's like a ghost Will Smith teaching someone how to play golf, but he's actually teaching them how to love or to whatever, you know, like this mysterious ghost stranger that comes into town and magically transform it. I, I feel like there, we will continue throughout our lifetime to see stories like that because it's fun and appealing, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's no reason to remake this specific story. Let's let it be what it is. And yeah, let, let it, it be a, a a monument to the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> a moment in time. Um. So what is your deep cut recommendation? Are we, do we do ratings or do we do our We are going to do ratings. Do you want to do the ratings first? Yeah, let's do the ratings first. Okay, so um, it, from one Pershing missile in your living room to 10. Oh, I did want to share this because I found this when I was looking through the trivia. So Robert Ressler, who is Robert Downey Jr.'s like counterpart, uh, said the scene when the rocket came up through the floor was a very complicated shot to set up. But right before the cameras rolled, Anthony Michael Hall farted, ruining the take, like farted and made everyone laugh and ruined the take. But they couldn't reshoot it because it was so expensive so they had to f- film it in reverse uh. in order to get the shot. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the essence of this movie is Anthony Michael Hall farting to ruin a take. Like, that is the essence of the personality <laughs> I get from him. Uh-huh. I'm sure he's a he's a nice person. Well, but like, okay, so when we did Breakfast Club, like all of the scuttlebutt from the Breakfast Club was that he was the most difficult person to deal with. And like you know, he was the most like arrogant of all of the teens. And like, that's what, the, mm. that's what you get from him. Right. Like the person that he is in Edward Scissorhands is like, I feel like the person he really is inside. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So on a scale of, of one living room Oof. missile to 10 living room missiles. So I think I'm going to give it a higher rating than I should, which is four. Okay. Cause I do think, um, that there are, like, you can cut this down to a really nice 20 minutes, <laughs> you know, and you, you would have like these wonderful, solid John Hughes moments, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then, uh, you know, so you've got 20 minutes of gold buried within like a hundred minute movie, you know, or, or an hour 45 movie. And there's definitely like, six seven minutes and we know the scene that you can pull out and hopefully you forget about and never revisit 
you know, you cut out of every version that continues from here on out. And then the rest is just like silly or weird or sometimes rambling, you know? So yeah, I, I'd give it a four. Okay. There's definitely some fun, silly moments. And, and, and you know what? For John Hughes doing something more ridiculous or more outlandish, I support it. It's just I would prefer not to watch it again. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to go even lower than that. I'm going to give it like a two. I mean, I like the hair. I like the grandparents and I like the bikers being funny and their exit lines, but there's nothing else to like in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like I like Kelly mm -hmm. LeBrock. I like her performance. Yeah. But that's not enough. It's not enough to save mm -hmm. this movie from being deeply problematic on every <laughs> level um so no nay i say this is like my least favorite and like you know if you would have asked me what's more problematic weird science or risky business i probably would have guessed it was pretty close but i definitely would have gone risky business uh it turns mm -hmm. out uh that is incorrect you're a terrible guesser yeah <laughs> stop yelling at me nathan you're making the poster upset um so yeah so uh i give it a two don't like it don't need it don't want it um so what is your deep cut recommendation so my deep cut rec recommendation it's uh, you know i mean ultimately if you want to see a better version of weird science it's ferris bueller um mm -hmm. but uh, you know that um but in terms of a deep cut recommendation, I'm going with the direction of the stranger that that comes to town and transforms everyone's life. But um, not quite Paddington. I actually haven't seen it. But this one involves more killing, which is a fistful of dollars. Or if you're more inclined, the original Japanese version, Yojimbo. You know, okay. Clint Eastwood coming to town, transforming everyone's life. And leaving the place better than how we found it. By killing everyone? By killing almost everyone. I think there were three people left. Okay. The undertaker cool. and then the bartender. And then there was some other person that they were running. Someone who just was out of town for that weekend yes. and came home and yeah, was like, exactly. what the fuck? So Clint Eastwood and Toshiro Mafude are effectively the, the male. Um, You're saying they're the Channing Tatum. They're the Channing Tatum. So the Kelly LeBrocks. Yeah, they're the, um, the, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I had a hard time even thinking of anything that would be inspired from this movie. Oh, I, I also, like, I don't know if people want to know, but, uh, the actor who, um, plays the friend who now, whose name I can't remember, do you remember his name? Anthony Michael Hall and and friend Ian Mitchell Smith. He went. He like left entertainment to mm. get a BA in medieval studies and a master's um, in in medieval studies. Like he's sweet. He's just, yeah, that's what he's up to. Um, so my deep cut recommendation is the uh, the 180s movies bucket list poster. That's going to be my <laughs> deep cut recommendation. Uh, these are the hundred movies on your bucket list, and just don't let it control your life. Except for that. Next up, we're doing the Terminator because I scratched it off. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we're, that's how the 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 fine careful selection happens. I accidentally scratched it off. It's time to do the Terminator. It's time to do the Terminator. I feel it, it is. is time to do the Terminator. Yeah. I can't believe we haven't done it yet. I can't well, you either. Know, like like I we said we before, had. we've got to save some of this stuff just in case there's more than one episode, you know? You can't just do all the big ones up front. Of course you know, not. You've got to space it off. Yeah. And I feel like, okay, so we did two nerdy computer movies right in a row. So let's mm -hmm. let the computers take over. Right. Next up. The Terminator. The perfect segue. Perfect segue. And the, maybe we segue into some Arnold Muscle. Yeah, you know? well, we were taking the Bill Paxton mm -hmm. bridge into right. the Terminator. Right, Then exactly. we'll take the Arnold Schwarzenegger tunnel. It's like the Bifrost, but not as well known, the Bill Paxton bridge. Yeah. And you can go a lot of places with the Bill Paxton bridge. You can. So many wonderful places. It's true, and including one of my favorite movies that he's in, Spy Kids, where he's an amazing park owner. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so uh, what what are you working on, Nathan? Where how can people support you and find you and and all of that? So if you uh, the the main project is the the feature film that uh, just wrapped, um, which you can you can find out at, uh, more about it at Squishy Studios. Um, but yeah, the um, the last movie ever made. Um, you can uh, check out more of that. We're on um, Facebook and Instagram. Um, if you want to uh, follow the project, last movie ever made. Yep, and it's it's going to be go great. To Squishy Studios. I'm very excited. So. Uh, oh, I remember what I was going to recommend. I was going to recommend the music of Oingo Boingo because that was like <laughs> truly my favorite thing. I don't know in the if movie. I recommend that, but I support you. I like it. I like Oingo Boingo. I like Danny Elfman. Uh, you can find me online uh, at Most Excellent Pod, at Most Excellent Chrissy, at NCTPHX, and at the actual physical neighborhood comedy theater uh, in downtown Mesa, Arizona. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. If you're a huge fan of Weird Science and I just didn't get it, like still leave us a five star review but tell me what i missed like don't give us a one star review and tell me what i got wrong <laughs> leave us a five star review and tell me what what i got wrong and i will uh update <laughs> update we'll our re-record the episode well i'll just like i'll read it out loud or something um but you know do all of that like us rate us review us tell a friend like it truly helps uh that's like the only thing that helps a podcast you know what i'm saying and le- until we get mm-hmm. that uh sweet sweet best fiends sponsorship uh we're on our own here guys so help us out uh and of course while you're out there in the world uh do keep the most excellent 80s movies podcast motto in mind be excellent to each other and party, party on, on dudes, dudes. <laughs>